Welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast. This show is made with one purpose, to help you create a self-driven and engaged high-performance organization, where we deliver you proven strategies and expert interviews on how to drive significant profit growth, create a stress-free ownership culture, and give you the time freedom you always wanted from your business. And now, here's your host, highly sought-after business growth strategist and executive coach, Patrick Rogers. This is Patrick Rogers, and today we have the privilege to have Alex Varelis on the show. And Alex is the CEO of Exclusive Premier Realty. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, thank you for having me, Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Alex lives in the Miami area with his fiance. Uh, Alex holds a bachelor's in finance from the University of Miami and a bachelor's in business from the University of Miami Herbert Business School. Besides a short stint in insurance, Alex has been in real estate pretty much his entire career. He's not only a principal brokerage for his his realty company, he also owns an active real estate investment company as well. Alex is also an author and he wrote the book, uh, The Art of Wholesaling Properties. You can kind of see it if you're watching this on YouTube in the background there. So uh, Alex, again, great to have you. Before we dive into your journey, before we dive into all the things that have you know helped you be successful, what's one interesting fact that not many people know about you? Uh, probably one thing is I, I play the drums. So, oh, cool. Yeah, I kind of taught myself how to do it, and I do it for fun now and then. I have a lot of musicians in the family, but I took up, you know, the drums just as like a hobby, you know? No way, man. I actually, I did the same thing when I was 16. I actually, like, bought, went out and bought a drum set and just taught myself how to play. I'm not very good, but it's 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 a nice stress relief. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's fun. My brother plays the guitar, so he's he's awesome. And then I have oh, yeah? a friend that's like an artist and he sings. So sometimes I play with him. I went on tour with him once, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> what? Well, and, and oh, you played with him? Yeah. Oh, no way. Okay. So you're way better than I am, dude. I'm just like, I'm a hacker, you know? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm whatever, dude. I did one thing with him. Uh, but yeah. That's cool. Right on. And so do you still have a drum set? You still uh, play every once in a while? Yeah. Every once in a while, man. Cool. Right on. So tell us about your company. Tell us about Exclusive Premier Realty and, and your investment company. What are you doing over there? Sure, man. So Exclusive Premier Realty is like a 100% firm. Um, you know, we have, we kind of, our focus is on investment stuff. So we get wholesale properties, kind of like off-market stuff, stuff that, uh, you know, investors would like, like houses that are ugly that need to be fixed up or multifamily properties, commercial properties. Uh, builder uh, opportunities or, you know, land with a, a, like approved plans, let's say. So yeah. my agents get kind of like an access to my wholesale deals. In essence, I train all my agents to be like mini investors. So I train them how to kind of find deals and, um, and they, they're constantly sending me deals. I have 60 agents right now. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah every day we get, we get a bunch. So um, basically I, I market to a cash buyer network. It's like over 5,000 now. And we do a lot of flipping. I, I fix and flip myself. Um, I buy myself. But like a lot of the deals we do are wholesale deals, meaning like we just uh, either double close or we assign the contract to to one of the buyers. And that's kind of our our, yeah. our niche, man, is, is the oh, whole okay. wholesaling slash investment stuff. And then with the investment company, that's what we're making offers with. That's what we're flipping with. And when I buy myself, that's what I buy with. So... That's kind of how it works. So 
that's awesome. So, so, you know, there's a lot of people I know, I actually used to be in, I don't think I told you this before, but I used to do a lot of real estate investing back in the day and lease mm-hmm. options, things like that. But, but it's one thing to do it when you're on your own, right. To just, you know, take a course, learn how to fix and flip a property, learn how to wholesale, all that kind of stuff. But it's yep. a whole nother thing to create a company uh, out of it and a system that, uh, you know, kind of works somewhat without you anyways. Right. So what was your journey like to be able to go from that, you know, by yourself to where you're at now? What, what was that like? Oh man. How'd you do that, man? It was, it was a, it was a roller coaster, man. I went through a lot, man. I made a lot of mistakes, you know? Um, initially I went to a seminar. They wanted uh-huh. to charge like 15 grand to learn. I'm right. Like, this That's is crazy. not going to work yeah. for me. I was just yeah. a broke guy trying to, I lost everything in 08, 09 from the crash. I had a mortgage company and okay. I was trying to get back into the real estate stuff. Mm. So I went to a seminar. Like I said, they wanted to charge like 15 grand. I was like, mm. no way. So I went on the internet. You know, I found some courses for three, 400 bucks. I bought like, I think three of them. Uh-huh. And I just like studied it, man. And I did one. I was like, okay, I made six grand pretty easy here. Um, let's go into this full time. So I started doing it. Made a lot of mistakes, man. You know, I, I made offers on stuff I shouldn't have. <laughs> I got stuck a few times and, you know, had a few sellers pissed off, but I kept on at it and um, I tightened it up and I, you know, thank God over the years, I've like figured out how to leverage myself with it, um, get good people around me and build something pretty cool. We're still, my goal is to do nationwide, um, but we're only in Florida right now, but I'd like to get that going this year. So God willing. Wow. Yeah. So, so when you say nationwide, like, like to open up, um, you know, corporately owned locations that you own or to actually like franchise the concept type thing? Well, franchise would be cool, but no, my idea was just, remember a lot of the stuff we do virtual, you know, we can do most of everything virtual. So we don't have to be specifically in the place. I just want to start like, for instance, making offers in let's say Houston, Texas, or, um, like Atlanta is a good place now around Georgia. So, um, yeah, we could do it virtually. I don't need like a brick and mortar place to do this business. I just need to kind of learn the markets. It's all about probably, numbers. It's all about numbers. And you probably need someone in that location to be able to, you know, go to the property and do the inspection or, or no, mm-hmm. do you, can you like hire an inspection company or something? That's a cool, that's a cool question. So when I saw, I saw one person doing this, believe it or not, lease options, they were doing it nationwide. And she yeah. was kind of just like utilizing realtors, paying them, let's say, a hundred bucks to go do a video, um, a walkthrough of the property, or if they needed to go show the property, she would give them a little cut, you know, give you fifty bucks to show it. So um, basically, I do that now with Jacksonville because I'm in South Florida, so we do yeah. something with all County, and I'll okay. have like I have three kind of realtors in that area, and they'll help me with showings. They'll do like little walkthroughs, and I kind of taught them what to look for when they're in a property like the AC and look at the roof, make sure there's no stains, look at the plumbing. I kind of gave them a little tutorial. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we do it all virtually, man, with the phone and email. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. sounds like you really hear. We don't meet the sellers usually. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, Very cool. So, you know, when when you kind of look at, um your success as a ceo you, you know what do you think has have been some of the things that um uh, have, have led you to to be successful i know when we were talking before you had yeah. talked about um working with different egos and personalities and how to really teach yourself how to how to 
how to deal with that and, and to be able to position them for success. Yeah, man, that's the challenge is like, I try to, uh, and that's, just, that happens just from like trial and error, you know, um, learning how to deal with different personalities is tough. And like, I try to find the person and find out what they're strong at and kind of, uh, focus on that and build on that instead of like, Oh, you know, you're weak in this area. Let's improve. I'll just say, Oh, you're great on the phone. man. So I'll try to like, you know, mold them based on, you know, if I, if they're great on the phone and I could tell they have sales skills, we'll try to get them to do that as opposed to someone who, you know, like I had one guy, I think I told you in person, he would get shy. He didn't want to meet sellers in real life, but on the phone, he was awesome. He had a great mm. phone voice. He was like very, he had some experience in sales because he sold the insurance. So we made him into a star, man. And um, so, yeah, that's been a challenge. But like, you know, I've dealt with people that it's they have egos and you got to kind of try to work with it, work with their strengths. And um, and yeah, I've had I've had some trial and errors, man, with just people that, uh, you know, we don't get along and it's it's tough. And a lot of times I think it's up to the leader, right, to like be able to navigate that and deal with that, you know, different personality um that you may come across so that's been a challenge and then the other the other part to your question was the secret to my success yeah um, is i think i just like i keep going man i have amnesia you know what i mean if i have <laughs> something that happens uh -huh. i try to like instantly forget it move forward and um i learned that early on man i would dwell you know if i lost a deal i'd be like depressed for two weeks <laughs> and then like now it's like oh not lost one next let's 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 move on to the next so i kind of got that I guess like a quarterback mentality, right? When they throw an interception, they got to right. get back to the game. They can't be all upset about the interception. So that's kind of another thing that has helped me, I think. So having having a super short memory about about things that didn't go your way. Exactly. When I fail. <laughs> yep. Which I mean, failure is just nothing but another learning opportunity, right? You know, how do you how do you how do you grow from it? Exactly. Um, Something else you said in our pre-talk is you kind of talked about, um, you know, having to really trust your people uh, after they've shown that they can be trusted. T tell us more about that and what 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 your journey to to figure that out was like. Yeah, man. So uh, that's just more of a, like me being a control freak, right? Like, mm. I think for the most part, I want to think people are good, right? I think people want to do the right thing. But just due to the fact that I want to control things, sometimes I like, I'm scared to give people the reins, mm -hmm. but like, as I've, as time has gone on, I've been able to kind of let go, trust a few people that I've seen, you know, they're doing relatively well and it's worked out. So, um, yeah, I've learned that, like, I got to trust, trust people that are good to, um, to help you out, you know? So that was tough for me in the beginning, man. Cause at first I wanted to control everything. I wanted to control the deal. You know, I want to be in the middle. I wanted to control all the negotiations, but mm. you know, now I'll say, Hey, oh, there's a problem. You, you know what to do, man. I, I trust you <laughs> and they, and it works, you know, they like that. I trust them. So. Interesting. So, so, um, how has that really impacted you guys since you, since you started, well, first of all, how, how did you even get to the awareness that you're, you were approaching situations and not trusting people? Like, did somebody bring it up to you? Was it just like, you know, one day you figured it out or what? Like, what was the thing that turned you on to that? I just realized, like, I'm doing way too much. <laughs> you know, okay. I was just like right. overwhelmed with all the stuff I'm doing. And I'm like, man, I have good people that work with me. Why am I so overwhelmed? Why am I doing everything? 
So I started delegating more and like trusting more. And then that has helped a lot also for their own growth. I think like, you know, I think they appreciate me for like allowing them to do that. I think in like most people, they don't want to be micromanaged and they want to feel like, Hey, I could do this. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. And it's very, it is very powerful words. I, I just, you know, what you said that they, you said that they really like that you say that you trust them. Yeah. It just, it just gives them that confidence and that, you know, he's got my back. He believes in me. I'm going to go do the right thing. So, so when people come to you, you said something else that, that when people come to you and they ask questions, you mm-hmm. tell them, you know, how do you handle it when people come and ask questions? When you say people, you mean like the people that work for me? Yeah. 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 Um, when they ask questions, man, I, I try to uh, always answer. I'm actually really available. I tell them all the time, like, if I don't answer, text me. Because, like, I want to be available because, um, number one, I want to make sure they do the right thing. And number two, like, I want to help them. So, yeah, I'm always open to questions, man. I tell them there's no stupid question, you know. And I'll never, I never try to be like, even if, let's say it is a stupid question, like, I don't uh, let them feel that way. Um, I think it's important to like always be available for them and so that I can uh, guide them and, and help them grow. So I'm always yeah, about yeah. questions. Yeah. Very cool. So what's, what's the, what's next for your company? What's the next uh, milestone for you guys? Cool, man. Uh, well, I'd like to do nationwide wholesaling. So yeah. Okay. Right now um, I did it a little, I do like a little bit of virtual stuff in Duval County, which is in Jacksonville. We're here in uh, South Florida. So right, right. I kind of figured out how to work that virtual aspect. And I want my goal in 23 is to get, you know, maybe five or six more states to basically do the same thing and, um, and grow like that, you know. Now, are you going to need investors to do that? I am. We have to you build are. investors and I have to get people that are specializing in those states. They can do that from here, but right. yeah, that's a good question because I need, the main thing is I need to build a buyer list in those states. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so you kind of have two companies, right? You have on one hand, you have the real estate brokerage and then over Correct. here, you kind of have the investment uh, side of things. And you were saying before you actually have it set up so that your, your realtors but you guys are a brokerage, like just like any other brokerage, you're out there selling properties and all that kind of stuff. But your realtors are are also looking for deals that that they bring to you for the investment side of things, right? Exactly. What I tell my realtors is this: Look, you can work with me and be a traditional real estate agent if you want, and make three percent, or you can get into this investment side and make you know ten, fifteen percent on the deal. So I kind of I frame it to them like that, and most of them are like, "Yeah, I don't want to just be driving around showing homes. I want to learn the investment game." It's a pretty easy That's sell, cool. and um, yeah, and yeah, they they're they're open to learn, and I do have some agents that do the traditional stuff. Like one guy's like a luxury agent; he only does high end homes, and he kills it, and that's his thing. I was like, look, man, you can continue doing it, and he yeah. doesn't really do the wholesale thing. But I try to I try to push all my agents to do what we do, you know. Sure. So I don't force them to. Do they do the investments too? Do they actually like try to buy properties as well? Oh yeah, man. So a lot of them start off just learning wholesale and they're like, they do a wholesale deal and they see like, oh wow, that investor that bought our deal made a hundred grand and they see where the money's at. So then I've, uh, I'll go into them with them if they have a little capital. Like one guy did that. 
he used to uh, deliver pizzas. It's a pretty cool story. He delivered pizzas. He has no degree. Uh, a guy was from Argentina. He barely spoke English. He's like, Alex, I just want to learn, man. You know, just show me. So I did. We did. I taught him how to kind of wholesale. I, I put him to like markets only in the Spanish speaking areas. Okay. And like we got a deal. We did a wholesale deal. He made like 15 grand. He somehow figured out, he found another property and he's like, Alex, I want to figure out how to fix and sell that. This is an awesome story, actually. So the guy, yeah, with a little 15 grand, he uh-huh. got an attorney to lend him most of the money to acquire this kind of beat up little property in the hood by Homestead. And he got he got Mexicans from Home Depot um, to basically do. He, he got them to agree to do the, the labor, meaning like he bought the materials with his like 15 some odd grand. He bought the floor. He bought the kitchen stuff. He bought the bath. And he's like, look, guys. I'm going to pay you for material for your labor, but when it sells and he actually got him to agree, which I thought was nuts. And like wow. the guy came through, like he sold the property, he made a nice profit, paid those people off. And they're like still his workers today. And um, that's a cool story about him. And now he's like one of my top producers. Like he kills it. He does fix and flips. He does wholesale. Um, he does like, he kind of does my same model. Yeah. He's my agent. So um, yeah. Right on. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's um, a cool story. that is a cool story. So, um, so, so one of the questions I always ask to, to guests that come on is, uh, if you're going to hire a CEO to take the reins for your company, what's the one book you would require he or she read before taking over for you? And, uh, you had, had, had written down your book, uh, the art of wholesaling properties, which I think is fantastic. So, you know, for, for the listeners out there, you know, you know, and maybe, you know, I know this podcast is about leadership and business and all that, but, but I personally believe that we're all, you know, professional CEOs. I mean, we're, we're looking for investments. So, you know, if you were someone out there who is looking for investments or maybe looking for wholesale deals, what's like one or two nuggets or key takeaways from your book that someone would want to really pay attention to and implement if they were going to be out there buying properties? Sure. Um, I would say figure out how to analyze the property well. Like make sure that you understand how to look at the after repair value, meaning like what is this property worth fixed up? Take the the top six comparables within a mile. Um, Let's say that I've sold within the last six months. Make sure that's a similar property, meaning if it's a three, two, make sure those comparables are three, two, right, right, right. Make sure they're within a mile. So like ARV, it's called the actual pair value. Make sure you understand that. So you can properly like value the deal. Um, and then make sure you have that's step one. Number two, make sure you have like a buyer's list, at least 10 buyers. that are decent before you start going after deals. That was a mistake mm. I made. Right. Like I would, I learned this stuff and I would try to find deals and then I would find a good deal and I couldn't sell it. Oh, you so you want people one. ready, ready to buy it. You want buyers. You want, buyers. So you want to get some buyers going. Got it. And then, and then once you have about 10 buyers, that's what I put in my book, have at least 10 buyers, then go look for the deals. So, and then uh, what you want a third one. Um, Oh no, that's fine. That's, that's, that's some good stuff there. How do you find your properties, man? Uh, different ways we go like the top three sources are probably one is tax delinquents. Okay. People that are late on their property taxes. Um, another good source 
is um we call it driving for dollars so i'll pay like people to basically send me addresses and um pictures yeah on, on certain zip codes yeah. where the properties are are in horrible condition uh-huh. so i'll say look here's the zip code bring me that and i'll pay them in my case, I'll pay them uh, five dollars for every photo and address of ugly house, right? Nice. And so, a lot of them, I'll get Uber drivers. That's one of my secrets. The Uber drivers will go ahead and and send me deals because they're no driving. No way, anyways. they're driving around anyways, right? They're driving. Wow, anyways. how creative is that, man? That's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, man, that's a that's a good nugget for y'all. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of my secrets. So I get a lot of good deals from those guys. We got probate people that inherited a property that's one of the leads we target uh, another good one is out of state uh, non-owners we target people that have a property let's say but yeah. don't live in the state they're yeah. usually motivated to at least hear an offer yeah it's it's a rental to them it's not like they're yeah mm-hmm. um so like the tax lien thing and i know that do, do you actually like call them up or you just send them letters like are you are you going to the doors like how, how do you do that well, the ta- okay, so if we're calling lead, we, we like to call. Yeah, I got call. what's called yeah. an auto dialer. Oh, like nice. Calls. I mean, it'll put like, let's say it'll go through a thousand calls in like maybe an hour. It'll mm. call three numbers at once. And what happens is, you know, you always get a voicemail or two out of three calls. So let's say two go to voicemail, one picks up. Um, you'll deal with the one that picks up and then the other two are calling. As soon as you're mm. done, uh, they'll pick up. So it's dialing three lines at once. And if you're on the phone and then another line picks up, it'll simply say, oh, please hold one of our uh, agents you know, will be, be right you. with you. They usually hang up, but those people call back. Yeah. They call yeah. back because they're wondering who it is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, um, oh gosh, I was going to ask another question. Uh, no, that's all right. So uh, very cool, man. So, so a lot of great nuggets here. I, I, I think I, just your your business model it, it intrigues me because number one I was in it a while ago and I think I think us as professionals you know business owners we're always looking to convert um, you know business income to more passive real estate income so so I, as a curious that's what I was going to ask is is you know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast that are CEOs that are leaders that are managers that get it that that are always looking for deals to invest in real estate. Um, give me a pitch on, on why someone listening to this might even want to reach out to you and say, Hey, listen, I've got money to throw down. You need investors. I want to get into some real estate game, you know, to talk to someone about a, a potential investor about the benefits of that compared to I'll tell you know, you a, yeah. a really good one. Yeah. We control all our deals, meaning like we either have the direct relationship with the seller or the contract on the property. So a lot of these new wholesalers that are new in the game, man, they'll yeah. advertise some property that's another wholesalers, that's another guys, and they're sending you a property that has five people in the middle. So mm. they have no idea what's going on. Our deals are direct. Meaning if mm. you can call me regarding 123 ABC Street, I'm going to tell you what's the deal with that. You know, yes, it's available. You can see it tomorrow. because, um, And that's a big deal, believe it or not. Like a lot of wholesale lists, People will call and the buyers get frustrated because they're like, man, I call and nobody knows what's going on with the deal or they're selling, yeah. they're putting deals out that have sold a month ago, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And then you got the auctions, right? Where you're bidding on properties. You're going to have to bid on, let's say 20 properties to get one. Sure. With me, you call me direct and I got the deal. You want it? Take it. 
It's that simple. It. Yeah. Obviously, some are in high demand. And if you call me and it takes too long for you to call me, it will sell. But um, that that's our biggest thing is we have direct deals. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so yeah. two questions on that. So, so the real estate market, right? What's going on with the Florida real estate market going up, down? I know there it's, it's, it's almost doubled. It seems uh, in the past two, three years with COVID and just people, you know, mass exiting uh, the, the Northeast, you know, what's going on now? That's a great question. So like, uh, like 21, that was a big spike because the rates were really low. Everybody was coming over from yeah. 20. Yeah. People were migrating here and, and yeah. that was awesome. And the rates were still low. Now the problem this year is that the rates like they doubled. Like now the 30 year fix is like at a 6.5 or something like that. And four was a 2.5. <laughs> so they've more than doubled. And that took a lot of buyers out of the market. So a lot of uh, houses are, are, are staying on the market more and prices are starting to go down again. Mm. So that's what I actually did on my Instagram, like a market analysis a few weeks ago, where I went through like the uh, the days on the market, how it's pretty much doubled from, let's say, January of this year to January of 21. The days on the market are like 60 something on average, let's say in Dade County versus like 25. So like the, it's taken longer to sell these houses and more properties are coming on the market. And like I said, there's less buyers in the pool when I say buyers, I'm talking about end buyers, people that want to live in the house because of the interest rates. Right, right. There's less of them now because they, they don't qualify. So, so, so it's hurt. So, yeah. So, so if I was an investor, you know, look, considering to, to, to purchase a property with you, you have, you have this direct contact, which is awesome. And you're wholesaling it. Does that mean that the investors are going to be able to pick it up from you for lower than market? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So we, our whole thing is we get it for below market. We resell it for below market. Got it. Cause there, oh, there's always enough spread on the, on the deal. Yeah. And so you just really make us certain sellers. That's the thing. Okay. Okay. We're not targeting like your Zillow for sale by owner guy. That just doesn't want oh, yeah, to tax lien people or whatever. They're out people of state. People that, yeah, yeah. They're like dying to get rid of it. Okay. You know what I mean? So we get good deals and cool. we, we still make sure that we market it with that in mind. Like, that the end buyer has, has profit. Awesome. So it's a total win, win, win situation all around. You're helping the person that's in the house, solve a problem. The only thing is they have to be willing to give up a little bit of equity. You're able to come in, make the transaction happen, put an investor in there that gets it below market and you make a little bit of that difference. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool, man. Awesome. Well, Hey, Alex, it, it, great to have you on the show. I just want to summarize a, a few things that, that were my, you know, some of my key takeaways is, is one, you just, you know, reemphasize that I, I love this industry. I, I think that, you know, anywhere you can kind of carve, f create something that's a lose, lose situation, create a win, win, win situation for everybody. I think that's phenomenal. But one of the things that, that, that I think is very important that you have learned is, is to have a short memory. And so many of us, uh, get tied up around the gap that we have, even even if you know a failure is nothing more than a learning opportunity. And so, really, just moving on really quick. The other thing I think is great is is you've you've really tuned into the strengths in your people, and and you're not trying to fix their weaknesses. And that's a major problem in the United States. It really is. Uh, so many managers, uh, just because somebody's been good at this position, they get promoted into a managerial role or something else that is not their strengths. And that person, not only it hurts your company, right? But that person's unhappy. 
because they don't it's not it's exactly. not their guy. I always ask them, what do you want to do, man? Are you yeah. I ask a woman, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> man or woman. <laughs> yeah. I ask them, what would you what do you want to do? Are you like an analytical person? If that's the case, like I'll put them just to like uh analyze the deals and send me kind of like, oh, this one looks good. If they're if they like speaking to people, I'll have them kind of be a salesperson. So I'll, yeah, I'll just try to uh, kind of weed them out that way. Yeah. But I always yeah, ask them, what totally. do you want to do? Yeah. What is your idea? And That's I kind of awesome. leave it open up in the air for them. And then I I work with them. Cool. And then the last thing my takeaway was was just letting go of being a control freak. Uh, because it does it does stop you. And and it's almost sound like you, you know, once you really started to to let go of things and start trusting people and physically say to them, I trust you, that that means a lot yeah, to them. And then they end up, you know, yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, if, if if there was one takeaway that you would really want the audience to absorb from our time today, what would that be? I would say, um, you know, never give up. Like, I've failed a bunch of times doing this and I keep yeah. on getting up, man. It's like, I think Love I it. saw like on a, I think Sylvester Stallone studied in Iraqi. It's not, oh, many, yeah. not how many times you get hit. It's how many times you get up. So that's kind of my theme, man. I just, yeah. man, I love that. And you a know, the other part, <laughs> well, I was going to say the other part of the Sylvester Stallone story is that not many people know this, but he actually pitched that movie to like, I think like 80 or a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I something so. like that. And they, they all said no. And he finally oh. found someone that said yes. And so, and I didn't know this either, but he wrote it, uh, directed it, produced it, the whole thing. And, and yep. uh, yeah, totally changed the course of movie cinema in, in, in America. So, uh, yeah, well, cool, man. So Alex, if any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you, either A, to be an investor or, or, or just to even follow up with you with any questions about your business or leadership or anything like that, how could they do that? Sure. On Instagram, you can go to invest with Alex V. Uh, Investwithalexv.com has like my courses. Oh, okay. I got a awesome. Course on there on wholesaling. Oh, wow. In a, um, a declining market. You can go to Amazon and buy my book, The Art of Wholesaling Properties. Nice. Um, invest with Alex V is probably the easiest on my Instagram because it has a link tree with all my stuff there. Cool. So it's investwithalexv.com. Yes, or just invest with Alex V at invest with Alex V on my Instagram. Awesome, and so we'll put a link uh, to that in the uh, in the description uh, for the podcast. So yeah, and if they want to be a buyer, just DM me your your email and your cell phone to say, hey, I'd like you to add, I'd like to be added to your list, and we'll put you on there. Cool, man. Hopefully, we can get you some some investors, and uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Great. Well, Alex, again, thanks for being on the show. No, thank you, man. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners out there, please hit the like and subscribe and help us spread the word about the show and what we're doing here. We're helping the next generation of leaders and managers be that much more successful. With that, uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the High Performance CEO Podcast with your host, Patrick Rogers. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out our main website at patrickvrogers.com for much more valuable information and free resources.